Welcome back to the Outdoor Adventures Podcast. I got with me today Dylan Williams, co-host, extraordinaire. Yep, that's me. John Gaderos. And we've got a guest in the studio today, Austin Nichols. So good to have you here, Austin. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And I uh, had kind of a exciting day today. So it's free fishing weekend here in Oregon. So it's the uh, first weekend in June is always free fishing weekend. And I got to go to a Cast for Kids event. And the two things are not related to each other, but I'm just letting everybody know. So that when they listen to this in August, they will have missed their <laughs> opportunity to go to free fishing, but they can put on the calendar for next year. But uh, I got to do this Cast for Kids event. And the, the young man I got to fish with today, he was born at one and a half pounds. Oh, my God. And the doctor said that he wouldn't be able to walk, talk, or see. And he does all three. And uh, just an amazing young man, big smile, grinning ear from ear. He's had over 40 brain surgeries, this little guy. He's 13 years old. Wow. And I got to fish with him today. We caught seven trout. And uh, it was probably a lot more cool for me than it was for him just fishing with him because he was just a blast and my dad got to fish with another little guy too and they had a great time as well and that guy was hugging on hugging on my dad it was my dad's birthday yesterday he turned 72 so oh happy late birthday uncle bob yeah so you know let's let's talk before we get into the show just about what we've all been up to outdoors i mean that was cast for kids and i understand austin you've done that before I've done it twice now, uh, both at Hag Lake. First year, I took my mom up there with me. She thought it was pretty cool. Uh, we had a kid named, I think his name was Dominic that year. Super funny kid. Had a lot of fun, caught a lot of fish. Pretty pretty cool event, though. Really yeah, nice. it was super rewarding. Super classy event, the way they do it. And every kid gets kind of a plaque with their photo in it. And you celebrate and have fun. And it was, it was neat. It was fun to be a part of it. And... Uh, you know, as far as, I don't know, last week or the week before, I finally got out and did a little bass fishing. Finally broke down and bought my fishing license this year, so <laughs> I've been holding off on it. But caught a couple nice bass in the lake, and, uh, you know, but I would tra- – fishing with this little kid was a lot of fun. And I've been listening to the Salem First Hunting and Fishing podcast, so I wanted to plug them. Uh, they've got three episodes released, and uh, their fourth one's about to come out. And so anybody that's listening to this, they're a good one to listen to as well. And so Eric from that podcast was out there today fishing too with a kid. So. And that's a like half-day event out mostly for this? Yeah. So, I mean, we got out there. The kids didn't show up till about 9 o'clock. Dad and I were a little eager, so we got there at like 7 o'clock. And then we helped them set up tables and things like that. Oh, gotcha. And you fish from like 9 to 11.30, and then they you know, barbecued some hot dogs and we had lunch with everybody and did the little award ceremony. And then you could go back and fish if you wanted to, but we were all, I'm I'm pretty tired. I mean, it's a lot of energy running around with the kid and, you know, but it was, it was a blast. It was a really good way to start the day. Oh, I bet. Yeah. How did, uh, how'd you get into that? Like what? Well, so Jay Yellis that came on the show, uh, episode seven and was, he's the pro bass fisherman. So he's, he runs the the whole thing cast for kids on a national level. He's the executive director. Oh, wow. And so they had 90 to a hundred events a year across the country. And so he runs it. And then my buddy, Brent Norlander, he was on the show too. And he invited me to come and just fish with the kid. They're always looking for volunteers. So, you know, they want, they want to have one fishing buddy with each kid that's at the event and you just show up with your pliers and they got everything else, all the tackle and 
the poles and the kids go away with a t-shirt, a hat, a fishing pole and a tackle box. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So if I wanted to contact cast for kids and then just say, I want to volunteer for the next event or. Yeah. You could see where the next one, like the heg likes the next one coming up and you could sign up online and like, we didn't do it online. So we just had to go sign a waiver when we got there that just says that they can use, you know, photos of you for, you know, marketing purposes gotcha. or whatever. And, you know, it was, it was a fun thing to be a part of. And, you know, anytime you get to get out and go fishing and seeing a little kid catch a fish is, I mean, these kids were so excited when they get a fish and we had a couple that were jumpers that were, and he was going crazy, reeling them in. And this little guy, he only had 20% use in his right hand, um, but his grandparents were with him and they said, man, he's using his hand way, way more than he ever does. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was fired up. So, but he kept loosening the drag on me on purpose. So when I'd go to set the hook, I, and, and he thought, he thought that was hilarious because I kept telling him, if you keep winding it down like that, when I go to set the hook, I, uh, the fish isn't going to be there. And so I'd watch him go over and do it and set me up again. And he just couldn't help himself or he'd push the button, you know, their little push button Zep goes. So yeah, he had fun messing with me. And my, my dad came and sat by us for a while. And all of a sudden he's drinking my dad's water bottle and I go, hey, where'd you get that water? He's like, he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. Oh, uh, yeah, and then had, he got a kick out of giving my dad grief. You had better watch your water bottle closer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we had the kids we have up at Hag. We take our boats up there, obviously. So you get, you still keep a guardian with you on the boat with you if they want to come or, or whatnot. Sometimes, like last year, the one I had, they didn't, the mom didn't want to get on the boat. She was, didn't, didn't want anything to do with the water. So they sent, one of his cousins with him and it was me and dad last year and uh you gotta watch those kids sometimes they start looking especially i start looking in my boxes trying to find something that's gonna work a little better than what they were given you know next thing you know oh, I, I don't have any of that can i have one yeah uh, see that kid the first year left with a lot he had a, a like, lot of gear in his tackle box yeah just a sponsored like, bass fisherman at yeah. that point I'd be more worried about him jumping in or something. Yeah. Like I kept worrying he was going to fall in and kept trying to talk me into going, just jump in. It'll be fine. And I'm like, no, I'm not. it's going to be cold, man. So like the best part I think for those guys up there is just going for the boat ride. Like yeah. if fishing's not super great. I mean, it's fun. You can catch a lot of bluegill is what it ends up being like drop shotting for bluegill and stuff. And watching the kids pick that up is pretty cool. Cause it's in like 15, 20 feet of water. So there's no bobbers that, you know, works good. So it's cool watching them figure that out. But then at the end of the day, they're like, let's just go for a boat ride for the last half hour. So you just go take them up and down the lake. And so Hag Lake's pretty good size, right? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's smaller than anything we have really, like, as far as, like, obviously Green Peter and Foster. I'd say it's similar to Foster. Okay. Probably. I haven't, and I haven't explored all of it either, so. Where's that at? Uh, it's up north out of, like, like north of Yamhill. I've never yeah. heard of it. It's a ways up there, but yeah, it's a lot of people talk about. It. They they plant it with trout too, don't mm -hmm. they? Yeah. yeah, state record smallmouth came out of it. Dang, like eight pound smallmouth. Dang. When you do a lot of uh, like bass fishing tournaments, don't you? Uh, not a lot, really anymore. I used to do them more often, I guess, but now it's pretty much for fun. I think we did two last year. I did one about a month ago, but doing it good? No. No, 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 not at all. So are you like traveling for that kind of stuff? Or are you doing, is mostly like Foster Green Peter? Or? No, I mean, we go up and down the coast mainly. Oh, okay. 
a lot of it's down south coast, like Ten Mile, Silk Coos, Tackenitch, stuff like that. Isn't Ten Mile and and those lakes? Can't you have like a lot of numbers on a given day? Can't catch a bunch of smaller you could, bass. You could. The problem that it's seeing it anymore is that it's just such a pressured lake. So there's a tournament on it every weekend, pretty much from February till late July, early August, maybe. But then, yeah, it just gets hammered right now. So the fish so, are pretty smart. Yeah, they get used to it. They just just or they came off beds here. That's that last tournament I was on. There's so many fish up on the up on the bank. But that's just frustrating too, because then you see them and you're not catching them. So <laughs> yeah, makes it makes it fun. How about you boys? You've been doing anything in the outdoor space? You've been too busy working and getting ready to get married, John? Yeah, just getting ready baseball. to get married. Baseball. You just got through with baseball been, playoffs. You've been shooting more than about anybody I've ever met. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of shooting, but that's really about it. I had a spring bear tag that I went a couple times, but just wedding planning, basically. Yeah, I got the worst sunburn of all mankind on my head. <laughs> Looks like I'm wearing a snapback hat full time. We should probably post that photo. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Yeah. Just splitting so, wood for John's wedding. So you better be grateful for that one. So just giving y'all a uh, visual for what you're looking at in here, you know, Austin and John, they're in kind of outdoorsy looking uh, hats. Uh, <laughs> JBO baseball championship t shirt. We got a, is that Kuu? I don't know how you say that. But it's yeah. a Kuu. <laughs> is it Kuu? I don't. I don't know how you say it right. But it, it's it's a camouflage outfit, right? And but Dylan is rocking the NHL. Yeah. Just a straight NHL hat. Yeah, I'm a huge NHL guy. Um, got this hat for free earlier today from my mother. Yeah. So I really do appreciate it. Um, it actually it looks good on you. Yeah, that's why I'm wearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. I probably couldn't tell you more than two teams in the NHL, to be honest with you. I've heard those hockey games are really fun to go to, though. Yeah, yeah. I've only been to, like, the Winterhawks ones, but they get rowdy. They get fun. Well, yeah, my um, in-laws have tickets for, what's the team in Vegas? Golden Knights. Golden Knights, yeah, that's it. Yeah, they have tickets for them. I think they have season tickets. But also, yeah, I don't know. I just never gotten into it. Big hockey guy now. Huge hockey guy. Now I got the hat on. Little sports betting action. Who knows? Might change me around. Yeah, you might really become a, a real hockey. I mean, what they do, and then you think they're on ice skates. It is impressive. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. If I was in a pair of ice skates, <laughs> oh, I'd lose a leg or a hand oh, or God. something. I would pay to see Dylan on ice skates, though. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, well, somebody's getting hurt, and more I, than likely it's going to be me. I think that's something we should all pay to witness, really, and videotape. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to need to tape up a lot of joints uh, before that happens. <laughs> Wear well, shoulder pads. <laughs> so, Austin, you uh, kind of grew up like all of us, it sounds like, with, uh, you know, here in the Willamette Valley and doing some blacktail hunting. And it sounds like you've done some duck hunting, yeah. which none of us are really experts in that. Um, I, maybe we have you, has anybody gone duck hunting? The, I've never been. No. Yeah, so none of us have even gone duck hunting. I've been pheasant hunting quite a bit, but I haven't really ever duck hunted. Um, so I don't know. We can t- start on any of those topics, but duck yeah. hunting, we talk about some blacktail hunting, uh, maybe some of your fishing. It sounds like you guys have a boat, so you're yeah. fishing out of a boat, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, that's super nice. Wherever you want to start, yeah, you, go ahead. I'm up for anything, but well, duck hunting. Well, here's a good one uh, for you. When uh, was So when was the... F- when did you start hunting and fishing, age-wise? And then what was the first harvest and then also your first fish that you can remember? Oh, man. 
I mean, I probably don't remember the first time I went, but it seemed like we always we I used to do a big family deer camp and all that. So I know I was there before I could remember, but you know, I was probably three or four. I start remembering things or whatever, you know. But we'd be over there hunting, and same thing like what you guys have talked about before. Like everybody went out, hunted their morning, and came back to camp, and sat around the fire and played a wiffle ball and half yeah. the middle of the day we'd get up and go shoot squirrels and chase whatever we could chase out there but so those but are no, eastern oregon yeah. what's that eastern oregon that was over yeah yeah yep did you eat the squirrels no no have you ever eaten squirrel i, I would love to but i have not i mean i we have but usually you know we were specific on which ones you couldn't shoot yeah. the little ones the little chippers <laughs> don't shoot those oh yeah you know you get those pine squirrels or something every once in a while, but those are the ones you you want to get. Yeah, I, I ate that rabbit we got during antelope season. Uh, yeah, I shot him that day before season, and he was pretty darn good. I forgot about that. Yeah, John made me squirrel one time. Yeah, on a just oak flame barbecue, whole body. You couldn't even bite the meat off the leg. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit. Uh, Rough, huh? Yeah. Grouse is like my biggest thing over there. Like you get a couple of grouse and it's like, you're going to eat good. Oh, dude. Grouse is the best. We did that. A buddy of mine, we went over there scouting one year and we were sitting there and we saw one, got it, found another one. So we were going to be like, all right, so we got dinner. And the whole thing was, so all we had was an open, same thing, barbecue, you know? And we're like, well, we don't have any seasonings. We don't have anything. We had a bag of Doritos. <laughs> and we're like, all right. So we crunched up these Doritos real small and, like, rolled them in it. Grabbed some uh, sage and, like, threw in the bottom of the barbecue to get a little yeah. scent coming up in there. One of the best things I've ever ate. Hey, that's a good thing. to. We'll yeah. try that this year. Yeah. Yeah, what flavor of Dorito? Ooh, nacho cheese. Okay. Just yeah, wanted to make sure we had the rest I'm sure you can mix it up with any of it, though. Yeah. yeah. little hint of Cool Ranch on it. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. <laughs> Well, if, yeah. I've already said if I get the biggest buck this year that you know, these guys have talked about eating the testicles of a mule deer. Yep. So I'm willing to go ahead and if I can get the biggest one in camp, then I'm going to eat the testes and the tongue. So yeah. that's you, my commitment to excellence. You got to try it at least once. I mean, yeah, I think if prepared properly. I mean, yeah. it can't be much different than like Rocky Mountain oysters, right? These guys have tried it. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know if we prepared them how you're supposed to, but I think the whole processing mm. it too kind of that kind of throws you off of it too yeah. a little yeah. bit. Yeah, that took a little much. Yeah. Right, um, It'd be different if somebody just gave it to you and said, "Here, try this." Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know anything? <laughs> Wouldn't even know. <laughs> yeah. uh, Johnny, I did wrap you into that tongue business as well. That's all right. I'm pretty if, excited. If that happens, that means that Sam shot the biggest buck. So that means that I won the bet. So I'm all for it. Yeah, what's the prize for that again? Well, there's a lot. So we have a bet going. John, me, and my dad are going to be the uh, guides to the, our three hunters over east. And I think it was a bottle of whiskey. Well, then we have whoever so loses, which is going to be Dylan, has to be the... Camp made. Yeah, camp made that whole next year. You don't make a plate you don't have to get your own drink you don't have to do anything so whoever's hunter an outfit too who's, who's ever the hunter that shoots the smallest buck their guide is the camp made yep. yep okay for the rest of that trip and next year yeah so you might want to get your stuff in line sam 
So yeah, like, John doesn't have to do that. It also might be worth it to just shoot a buck on like the first day, even if it's not the biggest, because then we'll have a made for the rest of the trip until somebody else shoots one. I'm not doing that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not using my tag. Forky's be with <laughs> It might be worth it. That's a good thought, though. You guys check all your seed numbers and stuff. See where you, you think yeah. you're gonna get it. Yeah. No, we definitely didn't. We I, checked ours. So I don't understand that. I saw so. Uh, Endicott posted something about checking your seat numbers, and I don't, I don't know what that means. Like, explain that. So for you us. get a on your on your application on your hunt application, I guess. There's a number on there, your application number, and so they go through and do a random drawing, uh, and that's kind of where they're going to start as far as the lottery. I think if you have the points, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Um, but as far as the 25 percent pool, uh, they start at that number. So you want to have your application number be closest to it, but not under it, I guess. Yeah. But like the closest one I have, I'm just like three hundred thousand off or something. So. <laughs> so if you're under it, you you got no chance. Basically. Yeah, basically. Yep. And I think the other closest one I was off like, I wasn't off by much, but like premium antelope tag, I was like, sweet, I was getting pretty close. But then I'm like, there's only one tag. Only yeah. <laughs> That's not never gonna work. And that draw. We'll have our draw results, what, in about a week or two? Yeah, the 12th. the 12th this year. Yeah. So that's coming up. I mean, that's nine days. I'm so excited. And I know I'm not going to draw anything, but I'm still so excited for it to come out for some reason. Yeah. I don't know if it's just for, like, I know that you have a good chance of drawing that deer tag or whatever, but... Uh, I think I have a 100% chance, don't I? I I hope so. I can beat those odds, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've beat them before. Yeah. I hope you draw it because that might throw a little wrench in the plans too. The bets, yeah. I don't know how that'll work. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, be camp made for the already, whole it's thing. It's already done, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah the deals are. We already shook hands on that one. I guess dude. you just have to shoot a really big blacktail. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good transition into blacktail hunting. So Austin, tell us about your experience as a blacktail hunter. So like, you know, I mean, the way it was for all of us is generally, I would say Dylan is probably and John are probably the exception to this, but we would typically put in for our east tag hoping to draw that back then we were drawing it more frequently than we do now and so we're typically hunting over east and then the the blacktail tag was just a consolation price you know if you didn't draw your east tag you bought that tag if you felt like hunting but these guys more they learned how to do the blacktail thing a little better and it was you know because they started hunting it was more convenient it's in our own backyard you know yeah it's a lot closer for sure how did you, when did you start blacktail hunting? Mine was with, when I started trying to get youth tags for sure. Um, we, of course, just did like everybody get the McKenzie or Sandy M or somewhere over here, you know. But we'd put in for that. And then, if, like you said, if we didn't draw youth tags, then we'd end up doing that. But we, we archery hunted quite a bit. Um, my dad's done it for years and years. Um, so we always kind of fell back on that instead of blacktail hunting when I was like just getting into hunting, I guess. Um, so if, yeah, we'd be, I think I started archery hunting, hunting, like carrying a bow when I was like 14 and I got shot one that year. And then after that, I started, you know, once you got your license and you can drive like hunting around here was, I liked it a lot just because it's, you know, you're an hour from anything. You can go to the coast, you can go up in the Cascades, you can kind of do whatever. But so I enjoyed doing that. But as far as blacktail hunting wise, I, I kind of just like a lot like what Dylan does probably. I think we've talked about it yeah. quite a bit. And uh it's nothing crazy. I mean, we just go clear cuts. Yeah. Start putting glass to work. I mean, 
about all you can do anymore, especially finding land to hunt on too. That's the hard part over here. Yeah. You got to play that game. It was just a, I don't know. I, I know a lot of people are successful, tree stands, blinds, um, walking even. Like it's, everyone has their own way, but for us, it just has come so natural using our glass that it's, it just pays off so well for us that we don't have any reason to change it. I tried the whole blind thing. I had old Lamette tag last year and we had, we had a couple of really good spots, a lot of, a lot of nice deer coming in, but it was just, it's just sitting in a blind is so hard. Yeah. It is, I dude. mean, you're just waiting every little sound. You're like, Oh nope. Yeah. There's nothing coming. Another squirrel. Yeah. yeah another squirrel. And yeah, we tried blind hunting that one time mm-hmm. and it lasted probably 28 seconds. Yeah. Is this that burlap sack? Yeah. Blind? I made, burlap made a sack. blind and we had some deer come in, just some does. And then before you knew it, Dylan was just shooting squirrels out the windows. They were falling on top of the blind and yeah. that was our, our hunting. And then uh, that got thrown so on the burn pile and yeah, never to be seen again. Yeah, my dad's hard on stuff. I think I could do it. I mean, I, the only blind hunting I did was that pig hunt in Hawaii. So I was sitting in a blind and there's so many pigs over there. I mean, they outnumber people like three to one, I think. Yeah. And so, and you know, you're hunting over bait. They just throw out a bunch of produce basically and you're sitting in the blind and I was behind a creek so the creek noise kind of masked our noise too and our scent a little bit and then we just waited for a big enough pig to come out to shoot with a crossbow. How'd they taste? Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I ate half of it and I gave half of it to the guide but yeah. Nice. Cooked it back at the What house. did you bring it home? No, no. We were there for a week so I just took it back to the house. We had it was like a VRBO type setup so I just threw it on the barbecue and I overcooked it because when you're eating like r- pork from the woods, you just, I was like paranoid about parasites yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I definitely turned it a little leathery, but flavor was really good. So like the one time that I think I liked sitting in a stand or in a blind was when I was in Montana and we were hunting over there and it was all whitetails. And it was the amount of deer that you just see, it would keep you occupied the whole time. Like it was oh, just dude. at one point, like I was sitting in a tree stand and it was like, it's like negative 15, like <laughs> dumb. Me and my buddy, we went over there. We woke up the first morning. It was negative 25 when we looked out the window at the thermometer. And we're like, no, we're going back to sleep. Like we don't, we weren't ready for it at all. It was the coldest <laughs> snap they've had in years. And we're like, great. It's good timing. But that one night out there, it finally got to like, yeah, it was like negative 15. Like it was a high of like three that day or one. Wow. But there was over, I counted over 140-something deer that came out into that field that night. And it was just like, oh, my God. I tried to shoot, like, three of them. Was that archery, too? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that landowner, since we were young, younger guys, he's like, you know, I'll let older guys use a muzzleloader or a rifle, but you guys can go out there and do it with a bow. We're like, all right, well, that's fine. We we brought it all. It was any weapon, so we had guns for it all. But I tried drawing my bow back, like, three times that night, and... I couldn't drop that. <laughs> it was so cold. The, the strings were frozen. Yeah. Oh, it, everything was frozen. Like, you know how, like, you always see them on TV, like, whitetail guys are like, they get in their tree stand and they try to, like, pull their bags up and hang everything up. Dude, I got into the stand that night and before I could even pull my pack up to, like, hang it, which had, like, my gloves, my hand warmers, stuff like that, you know? Before I could do that, there was already deer, like, 20 yards from me, like, walking mm. out into the field. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I just had, held my bow on my lap the whole night. And I finally was like, all right, I'm going to try to stand up real quiet. Dude, I couldn't stand up. Like, I was just froze solid. 
tried drawing my bow back and I'd get like halfway and I'd be like, can't, I can't just physically impossible. <laughs> like it sucked. I was like, all right, time to go. How do you so, get wrapped up in that? Uh, my buddy, uh, Robert, his mom lived back there. I had family back oh, there. Gotcha. So we, uh, decided to put in for some tags and which was wild. Cause I, we, I ended up putting in for the wrong tag on accident and I ended up drawing a late season mule deer tag. Oh wow! So I was like, I was going over there. I was like, oh, I'm gonna shoot a yeah, shoot a big buck, you know, yeah. chasing does that time of year. I saw three mule deer the whole time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> saw more moose than mule deer. And this is in Montana. Yeah, huh. but the nice part about it is that tag is also I could shoot a white tail buck with it. Nice. So I ended up shooting a white tail. But heck yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was kind of a fun little trip. But is that your only out of state? Yeah, that's the only thing I've done. I was going to do it again this year, but I just didn't, I just didn't line up for it. Didn't get in in time. And yeah. Is that a hard tag to draw typically or not really? Uh, Montana's points are, they've changed them a little bit in the last couple of years, but to where I don't really understand them as much, but you can still get a, a general tag over there. Easy. And doe tags, you can get as many doe tags as you want. 75 bucks a piece. Dang. That's not bad at all. Yeah. They need to do something like that here make it a little bit more interesting yeah thin some of these does down a little yeah. bit yeah yeah um we do need to get an odfw person on here sam we will yeah that's part of the goal sorry that there. just totally went off track but i just thought of that <laughs> we like to like talk through things we need to do while we're having a show yeah that's well we like, never do it off of it so <laughs> yeah. we might as well just have a show on <laughs> it's the only time yeah. we see each other so <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, that sounds cool, though. I've never done anything out of state other than pheasant hunting in South Dakota. And, in Hawaii? Uh, I'd like to do that. Well, the Hawaii pig hunt, yeah. But um, but I would like to do a Montana thing or an Idaho thing or I don't know. I I'm open some, to anything. We've got really. some buddies that do it almost every year now. One moved to Idaho, so he's out there doing his thing there. And so it works out with – I just haven't ever went along and done it, you know. Yeah. I've just drug my feet and – I mean, it is expensive. Like, that's a big part of it. But yeah, that and time off, trying to, especially between other seasons and everything else, it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, I just need more time off. I need to hit the lottery or something. Um, we Yeah, we've always talked about doing something out of state. And then you you used to work in Montana, right? Or was Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. And you know where all the elk are. I do know where the elk are in Colorado. So what the heck? What are we waiting on? I don't know. We could buy, you can get that second season over the counter rifle tag in the units where I know where elk are. But I'm wondering if, like, second season, they've already been shot up pretty good, or if it's like under like five feet of snow. Yeah. It could so that's be a the problem. part I'm not sure yeah, I'd about. I'd be curious on that. Yeah. I mean, there's just a ton of elk over there, too. So I think you might still be all right, probably second season, I'd think. Yeah. I'd think we so. probably just need to take a road trip and. Just do it. Yeah, test yeah. the waters a little yeah. bit. I'm good with it. You say the yeah. word. You guys, I mean, you're the one about to get married. I, I'm f- it can wait. Yeah. <laughs> push it trail. Push it back. She'll be fine with it. So we're just going to extend this bachelor party uh, weekend yeah, a little longer. And not during hunting yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good All right. thing. All right. Yo, some of oh, us oh, some yeah. of us know better. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, that's why I sold my bow. Oh. Yeah. Compromise. Blame it on Taya. Got to pay bills, you know? Yeah, some uh, really that doesn't matter, does it? 
Gotta be able to go hunt. Shoot farther with a gun anyway. That's a good point. Now that you're the NHL commissioner, I mean, (laughs) probably got big stacks of checks coming in. Yeah, I own a few franchises. Um, Austin, I hate to bring this one up, but you're blacktailed this last year. Oh, yeah. I I think that story, we should maybe just talk on that a little bit. It seems like something we should hear about. Yeah, it was a wild one, that's for sure. Uh, My buddy actually just sent me a video this morning of a deer playing dead. Just the one that was with me. So just a little foreshadowing. But uh, no, we were like the weekend before I shot this buck, me and my dad were over at the coast and we found this clear cut. And it was like one of those ones that you look in, you're like, there's, there is a deer in here. There is a big buck in here somewhere. Yeah. But it's also one of those units that you look at and you go, I don't want to go down there. <laughs> like, I don't want to shoot something down there. And so I was like, well, we didn't spend much time there that day with dad, but I was like, I'll come back next weekend, grabbed a buddy of mine and we go over there and we get over there. It's of course it's foggy coast fog, just rolling in and out, in and out. We've seen like, I don't know, six, seven deer in this clear cut. One was a buck, but it was nothing really that we wanted to shoot. Um, and it took off over the other side and started looking around. My buddy sees one down on the bottom, like in the bottom, of course. And it's standing there, and it just lays down. And I'm like, sweet. And he looks at me. He's like, you want to shoot it? I'm like, I don't know. You saw it. You shoot it. He's like, oh. it's. And it was a fork and horn, but it was like a, I don't know, like a bigger fork and horn, I guess you could yeah. say. Um, probably almost to his ears. Chocolate horns, like perfect black tail. And uh, so we sit there and argue about it for like five minutes. Who wants to shoot? And if we really want to shoot it, we're like, God, it's good. It would suck. Yeah. So we finally get to the point where I'm like, you know, that's what we came here for. Might as well shoot it. And this thing's laying down, and there's a perfect stump. So I'm laying across this stump, and I have uh, a six Bergara 6.5, uh, and I love it. She's good. I killed a deer the year before with it, like almost the same shot. It's like 250 yards straight downhill. But this deer was laying with his head kind of, I guess it was, away from us and his body back behind it and it was a little sapling tree sticking out right above his right on its head and you could see an ear come out and you could see a horn and i'm like well bullet go right in that do that little fur bow or whatever you know sapling so i kind of figured out where that ear came into the back of his head it's about the only shot i had you couldn't see you could see just his ass i guess and uh so i went took a crosshairs and kind of drew a line across and then from his horns down I said okay I'm just gonna hit him right in the back of the neck and he'll just die right there so I'm all settled I tell my buddy he's got his binoculars and like got the phone on it and he I finally see he's like you ready I'm like yeah boom shoot the thing just boom, just lays down like perfect I'm like sweet that was awesome and of course I have my scope on like 24 power like I had it just on him yeah and so we had to get out of the scope and I'm laying there still and like high five. And he's like, oh yeah, he smoked him. And the thing like 30 seconds later gets up, like stumbles. And I'm like, crap, you know, he's like, he's up, he's up. And I go to shoot him again. And of course I get in the scope and it's, it's zoomed in. You can't see anything. It's just everything. I crank that back and finally see him again. And then by that time he goes, starts tumbling. Just face first, went down into the dirt, legs up in the air. And he's probably like 300 yards now, probably. And, uh, yeah, legs up in the air, just laying there, 
dead. I'm like, God, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> and my buddy's like, yeah, it's super weird. And he's watching him. He just got new binoculars, like fancy binoculars. And he's like, oh, I just watched his eyes go. You know how their eyes, like when they die, they just kind of glaze over. And uh, he's like, I could see that. He goes, he's he's done. And I'm like, God, so same thing. Got off the gun, stood up, and was standing there. I was getting ready to call my dad and tell him. And uh, thing gets back up again and starts running off. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> By that time, I was already zoomed out, and I was like, I wasn't dialed to anything. But at this point, when he was running away, and he's going through, like, he's just probably like a five-year-old unit, I'm guessing. So the trees are big enough that it disappears when it goes yeah. behind them. And uh, so he's zigzagging across this, like, there's a big draw, and then it goes up, and then another big draw, and then it just kind of rolls away from you back into, like, a creek bottom. And uh big old nice creek or coast creek bottom. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know how those are. Uh, so I shot at it, like, I think I threw two more rounds at it as it was going away. Who knows how far they were. I was just trying to hit him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so after that, he disappeared, and we're like, oh, he's got to be over there somewhere, like, I had to hit him. We could see a red spot on his neck. And we're like, okay, we know he's hit or, you know, something's going on. And uh, so we start looking on the maps and try to figure out a road to get into that creek bottom so we don't have to go down this thing and then come back out of it. So we're like, all right, here's the plan. We're going to go find him over there. We'll take him across the creek. And there's there's a road, like, quarter mile. Like, sweet. So we... I called dad and told him what was going on, did all that. He's like, well, let me know what you find. Thanks for the support, <laughs> you know. And he goes, we go around and hit this other road, and we get up to it, and it's just, it's an old, like, decommissioned road. And I'm like, oh, no. So that would have put us, like, like I said, like a quarter mile from this deer. Well, it's like a half mile, maybe three quarters now, but it's, like, through a thick, just berry patch, everything, like, bad. Finally fight our way through this creek bottom. Like I said, we at that point, it's been an hour and a half probably, and we get into this clear cut. Find the bed, find everything, find right where he was laying. No hair, no blood, no nut. Like you could see where he rolled like twice. No idea what happened to that thing. The only thing yeah. I can think of is that I just pulled it a little bit and just kind of just opened him up on the side of his neck or something, and it just must have shocked him or stunned him or something. It wasn't, I didn't, not like I hit a horn or anything, I don't think. Yeah, it was probably a grazing blow. Yeah, because, you know? I mean, I, obviously it was, we had the spot on the neck, but, I mean, he looked fine. Like, running away, it was just like, we spent, like, four or five hours in there, like, every which way. Just, it's like, yeah, it's just steep unit. Yeah, well, it's frustrating, it was frustrating, like, Oh, too. we were whooped. I was just like, this I is shot dumb. a I shot a deer one time that had a grazing wound from another hunter probably and it was like all all the way across its belly like someone had undershot oh really just like grazed it all the way across i've seen that which one was that it was not with you guys it was uh at my uncle's place my uncle oh Oh, i thought you were talking about blade for a second (laughs) no 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 no. (laughs) we don't have to bring up blade every time yeah i'm sorry so it's hard for me to have to keep reliving that i have to relive it too sam we both lived through that together that's true but no, this was on the in the grizzly unit on my uncle's place, and the, the, these two twins, uh, they were forked by spikes, came running by me, and I shot one of them, and 
he had a graze all the way across his stomach. Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing that's, I think yeah. you're probably right on on there. It probably grazed his we've, neck. We've had them before where we've found them and, you know, by just getting them out and you find a broadhead in them or something. We've seen that yeah. before. Yeah, my dad had that a uh, couple years ago on his muzzleloader uh, in Eastern Oregon. Yeah, he shot a buck, and when they were skinning it, had half a half an arrow with the broadhead stuck in its like spine, but yeah. not far enough to really mess it up at all. But uh, it was mm. pretty crazy. Do you remember that one? We were over there bow hunting, and I don't remember how we found that arrow that was stuck in that tree, like forty feet high. Oh, it had a luminoc on it. We're coming oh, that's out one right. night and there's this arrow like it's just glowing. Super top far. Of the tree. Like I don't know what you'd be shooting at, but it was a good probably 20, 30 feet in this tree. Somebody <laughs> was, was taking a cougar but shot. It was just yeah, a one of our, yeah. It was all broke off on the top, so yeah. it was just right at the very top of it stuck. One in. of our old camps we used to camp out over east we used to there used to be an arrow up in the tree there. That's like where our old big family camp was. We'd always we'd always look and try to find it every year. Yeah. There's that other tree over there too that has like a million arrows in it. Do you remember that? Uh uh-uh. uh. It was on we were out just driving around and we found a tree and it had probably a solid like hundred, two hundred arrows stuck in a tree. Like they it's were like, definitely doing it on purpose. It's an but, expensive tree. Yeah. Or a really smart deer, one of the two. Like, yeah, it could be. <laughs> Super smart deer. That was a bad dream, John. It might have been. Yeah. I don't know. That's it weird. was just uh, that your memories of me shooting and missing that 78 times. Is that why you sold your bow? <sighs> Has a reason of it, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a lot of hunting dreams where we, you know how when you're in a dream, typically you have superhuman powers. And we're always jumping like cliff to cliff, <laughs> you know, like be like downhill and be like, there's a deer, a couple ridges over. And we do these like two giant leaps. Wow. You know? That'd be something. Yeah. That'd be yeah. sweet. Every hunt dream I have now is, um, involves a cougar. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know if that has anything to do with that in- encounter or not, but yeah, I have a pistol this time though, but it doesn't work. That's just the one thing that I ask Sam this year is I'll be guiding you. I just, like, I'm trusting you with my life again. (laughs) So don't let me down. I need to get a new (laughs) pistol holder, you know, because mine's... You got to do something. Yeah, I'll do something. Well, you just need to bring one, John. Yeah, that'd be perfectly legal for you to pack a pistol. Yeah, you're allowed to. Protect yourself from a cougar encounter. Maybe I'll just, like, let it go for a little bit, get some payback, like... Just scare you a little bit. Carry a shotgun for some grouse or something. <laughs> yeah. Never know. Yeah. Well, you can turn your back the wrong way and just have the gun with you. That's and true. Sam's yelling. The only gun, yeah. It's a good idea. It's the most terrifying moment of my whole life, dude. <laughs> it's the worst moment. I'm telling you. I did just uh, get permission to uh, hunt cougar with my sister's boyfriend at, at his sister's place. So they've got, I guess, a couple of young male cougars that are taking out goats and, you know, various livestock around the area. And they've got an old tree stand, but it's full of poison oak. So that's fine. It's always a good thing. That's fine. But, uh, you know, I thought go there, climb up in that stand and put a call out there and see what I can muster up. So is that how you would cougar hunt just with a call or wait for the A lot of guys do it that way. Yeah. I know Wayne and Borak and stuff, he does it all the time. With a call? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll go up in the Cascades and do it. Huh. Yeah, just do like a, you know, a jackrabbit call. Or, or fawn distress mm-hmm. right now would probably be real good. Or just dropping oh, them. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. They should be dropping them here soon, right? 
Seems like everything's late this year. I haven't yeah. seen a lot of babies running around yet. But There's a couple at my parents' house. But, yeah, I didn't even thought of that. I've never had that desire to cougar hunt, I guess. We all got to do our part with this predator predator control thing, you know? Yeah. So I think... Well, not? I think we should try it once, at least. And it's a 365-day it's a tag. So yeah. And you can every get another day one. hunting season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Well, what else you got for us, Austin? Yeah, tell us about uh, your duck hunting times, because since none of us are duck hunters, just give us, you know, if we were brand new to duck hunting and we wanted to go duck hunt, what's your recommendation to how to get started? Ooh, I don't know. I've been out of the game for a while. Like, we used to go all the time, but I think this last year I went, I think, three times, which is nothing compared to what we used to do. But I would just say just put in some time. I said, are any more around here? It's just driving around, find where some birds are at. Onyx and all that gives you who owns everything. It used to be you'd go drive around, and then you'd drive to the closest farm. And then we'd knock on that door. And then, oh, no, that's this guy. So you go knock on that door. And they weren't home or, you know, something like that. But now it's super simple. So I'd do that, go find some birds. And you don't need a lot. I mean, shotgun, call, a couple decoys. It's not like you need to get, dive into it. So just find some. There's guys selling old ones all the time. Guys replace them and find some on Facebook or something and be good to go. But, yeah, other than that, it's just trying to find some. But you got kayak and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So you could do that. You could go out, find a little slough or something off the Sanium or wherever. Then getting good. How do you get good at knowing what you're shooting at? Because there's a lot of things you can't shoot. And that's what always makes me nervous about duck hunting. It's like, yeah. I got to see this thing flying in and know that it's something I can shoot. Yeah. A lot of the times, like some of them, they all sound different. A lot of the ones like you got to watch out for, like pintail, they obviously, they have a different sound. So you can have, you can shoot one of those. And then two hen mallards, which everybody knows what a mallard is. So, But you only have two of those hens. But then other than that, I mean, most of the time, if they're not something you can shoot, they're not going to decoy. But gotcha. Which sometimes they don't decoy anyway. Sometimes they just give you the bird and keep flying. <laughs> I've got a, a seasonal pond on my place, and we had a a pair, you know, a, a male and female mallard, and uh, the male disappeared. Didn't know what happened to the female, and then we're out there. This is just like a few weekends ago, and that pond is, you know, shrinking as right. the weather's getting hotter, and my dog jumps this female mallard with nine babies. Baby oh, yeah. she's She jumps this duck, and then, you know, my dog's a chocolate lab. Yeah. And those, you know, hunting instincts kicked in, and we could not get her off. I thought she was going to drown in the little pond because it's still five feet deep, but it's shrinking, you know. And we're, and I'm picturing her just chomping these little babies. <laughs> and my wife is screaming. And she's like, Sam, if she yeah. eats one of those ducks, we are getting rid of her. We are getting rid of her today. <laughs> like, she, if she kills those babies, you know. And so my daughter's just screaming at the dog. And the dog, we finally get the dog. We get her collared. And I'm going to take her. She's covered in slime and mess, and I'm, I'm getting her up to the house. And she slips the collar and runs straight back there. Yeah. And we have to do the oh, whole thing no. again. Dude, and I was I, like, man, those instincts are strong. Yeah, I got a lab that's like a year old now, black lab. And I brought him home. I knew there was, I didn't really know that what was happening, but I brought him home. And I noticed this hen mallard just kept, it was kept landing in my backyard all the time. I was like, super weird. 
So I bring him home, just a little, you know, little puppy. And he goes out there and gets like nose to nose with this hen mallard. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. He's getting introduced to some birds. Well, I didn't realize there's a nest over there. And there was like 13 eggs in it. Oh. And I was like, oh, shit. Like right underneath this tree. Like she had a good hiding spot. And like two days later, they all hatch. And I got 13 of them in my back, or 12. There was one that didn't hatch, which he ended up eating that egg. <laughs> but like it was so hard. Like how do you, and they were like my yard's fenced and those little baby ducks, they can't do anything yet. So like they were just stuck there. Yeah. So I was like, well, I know mom wants to get them out, but it was like for a couple of days there, I was like, let them get their surroundings and bearings and all that. But I was like trying to keep the dog away from him the whole time. And, but yeah, he went he went over there and slicked up everything and chased them things around the backyard. And, <laughs> and those mamas, I mean, she was oh, all yeah. over my dog defending mm-hmm. her babies. I mean, my dog had a couple of scratches on her nose from that <laughs> head yeah. mallard. Heck and yeah, good. she she moved out the next day though. Yeah, you know, the next finally, day they were gone. <laughs> I had to open the gate and like we had to like corral them out. Me and my neighbor like pushed like all these ducks down the road and over to like the little detention pond that we had, or the neighborhoods got. It's like good that's Lord. hilarious. She kept wanna, flying over this year, too. I was like, don't do it. Yeah, don't you <laughs> I can't stop him anymore. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's going to do what he wants. I really want to try it, though. I want to I try some duck hunting. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. I talked to a guy that he killed, like, all 41 species of ducks. Yeah. And it's, like, a thing, and you have to do it in, like, 12 months. It's hard to do. And, and he got, like, you can get, like, 31 of them in Oregon, I think, and then he had to go in other states to get the other 10. Yeah, there's some, like, so. certain ones you got to go to Alaska to get it and... That. I've never really dove into it. We've never really dove into that. We just like shooting ducks. So we just How do did you, it around here. We did Summer Lake a lot. That was lots, a lot of fun. That's something easy to do. Grab a pair of waders and a couple of decoys and go over there. And just to experience that once would be worth it. Heck yeah. It's insane. There's a little, I don't know if you guys have heard about it ever, but there's a, it's opening weekend. You go over there and there's like people camped in trailers. It's kind of a big party or it turns into being a party, mm-hmm. but you get there, everybody camps out. The next day, you're allowed to go past the gate at like three in the morning or something like that. You can go out. So everybody, it's just a big marsh. So there's no spots, no blinds. You just go wherever you want. And there's a light way back at the dike or at the ODFW office there at Silver Lake or Summer Lake. And you'll see this light like blinking, like strobing almost. And all of a sudden at shooting time, that thing will go off. And it's like World War II like three out there it is insane like shots ring for like 10 minutes straight like it's insane you're sitting there like hiding you're like oh god i'm I'm assuming this is a flyway so you're yep there's just a ton of yep so yeah they they release birds out there they hatch there it's it's on the refuge so you actually hunt the refuge but yeah it's it's insane insane how do you prepare your duck as far as cooking it, or do you do sausage? Or? Sausage and pepperoni yeah. is what I do. That's, That's what, what we, we usually, what we used to do when we get a bunch every year, we'd throw them all in a big, all of us buddies, we'd go together and just make pepperoni out of it. Yeah. Pepperoni or jerky is really good, just like strip jerky and smoke it. But I feel like, yeah, I don't know, I've had I've never a couple times. I've heard mallards pretty good, actually. I think I've it heard. depends on what they're yeah. eating, too, like what you're, what they're around. Um all that they get kind of lean or fat or whatnot goose we used to do a bunch of goose hunting too and it's i like eating that it's good but again you hide try to hide a lot of the flavor on it is what i've always done but yeah what's the limit on geese geese 
Oh, I'd have to look it up now. It used to be four. I think it's still four, but there's the thing with geese is there's it's like seven subspecies of geese. So then that comes into identifying your birds a lot more. Oh, dude. So you got to know. Yeah, it was. You have to take a class and do it all, and like understand, pass this test, and then you go out and hunt because you got most of the ones we see around here, like the little squeaky ones, the real loud ones, high pitched. Mm-hmm. Those are cacklers. So those used to only be able to shoot two of those to fill your limit. But now I think you can shoot three. I'm not 100% on it, though. So We got a lot of cormorants here on the Waverly Lake. If you, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'll dive into it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. used to want to hunt ducks, and then I started working at a wastewater treatment plant. And yeah. that's all that is in our clarifiers and stuff. And that really pushed me away from it. Start seeing them with like three eyes. Yeah, and, and I'm just like, yep, I'm good. It's ours, no ducks ours for me. The same way in Albany, yeah. Ours is the same way. Yeah. <laughs> they started diving down. Well, they just, they live in there mm-hmm. all year round. And then you get little babies in there. Every year I have to get in there and get these babies out because they don't learn to fly and they get stuck in there. And yeah, no, no duck for me after that. They turn a different color in there. So I say just be specific. Where you're, you got to hunt yeah. number. the furthest away from a wastewater treatment plant, <laughs> as far as you can get. We've hunted, I mean, we've hunted geese like they're like loafing ponds, like where they sit at night and stuff. Like that's where they sit, and you shoot them the next day. Dang. But I mean, who yeah, knows I don't know if I can get behind some of that. If you cook anything, I enough. mean, you need testicles. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's true. a very that's good point. <laughs> Once you put that in perspective, yeah. <laughs> So Austin, what kind of fishing do you typically do? Are you a salmon steelhead guy? Or are you all of it? A lake guy? All of it? I don't know. It just depends on the time of the year, I guess. Like right now, bass fishing's pretty big for me right now. But um, we've been hitting that pretty hard. And then sturgeon fishing, we do a lot of sturgeon fishing. What kind of boat do you guys have? Is it like a aluminum uh, boat or? So we've got a twenty-one foot Skeeter bass boat. Um, that we got here a couple of years ago. So we got that one, and then we've got a Northwest jet sled, like a 22-footer that just got a rebuilt motor in it, so we haven't taken it. We've only taken it out once on a little test run, but it's also where I found out my dog, you teach him how to swim. <laughs> it's a lab that doesn't know how to swim, so. That's weird. Mine's the same way, yeah. She jumped in the lake the other day, and I felt like I had to pull her out. Oh, I she had, was, looked I, like she was I in I took sink. him up there. It was just dad and I. We took the boat for that little test run, or test run up there at the lake, and we're like, all right, see how it's running. We'll take the dog, see how he does in the boat. He's never been in one. And uh, he did really good in the boat, and then it got to the point where it's like, when he was a pup, I saw him like at the river and stuff swimming, and he just splash everybody. It was all he was doing. He wasn't going anywhere. He's like swimming upright. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, like maybe he'll outgrow that. So I took him out to the lake, and I like got him on the swim deck of the boat, and he was like kind of getting drinking some water, and then he fell in. He just slipped and fell. I was like, good job, dude. Nice. Slipped and fell in, and it was just like he went like two feet under the water, and I still had a leash on him just while he was in the boat so I could pull him back if he was messing with Dad or something. But fell in the water, so thank God I had the leash still on him because he was just straight up and down just splashing like – most scared look in his eyes. I'm like, oh my God, dude. Like, you're a lab. Figure it out. So I'm going to have to get him a life jacket or something. <laughs> I took my Springer out when he was just a little puppy out on the boat in Cheetah Lake, actually. And he was 
small enough that he could stand on the edge of the boat, all four paws. And he kept like getting close to the water. I'm like, I'll just jump in. If you're going to do it, do it. Let's find out if you can swim type of thing. And he wouldn't do it, but he would sit there on the edge. So finally I just picked him up and like touched his paws in the water, put him back in the boat and then instantly jumped right in the water. I was like, Oh no, this isn't good. I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Yeah. But then same thing. He sank down and then, but he bolted right back up, swam to the boat, but he was hating it after that because yeah. it was pretty cold and he regretted it. But. Yeah, this one scared him. You could tell for sure. But I'm like, God, like, come on, dude. Have you, uh, the sturgeon fishing thing, have you noticed? I mean, I know that fishery got hit pretty hard when everybody kind of shifted away from salmon and steelhead. And yeah, have you, I know I haven't paid attention to it. I haven't done it in a while, but I know they keep changing those slot limits and stuff. Yeah. So it's way different than it used to be. A lot of what we do anymore is just catch and release, just go up and do it for fun. We like taking people. You know, never done it. For one, it's super fun to go take them because it's, for one, it's something that they've probably never caught a fish that big or they're just totally new to fishing. So, like, when they're sitting there getting a bite, it turns into a pretty comical day just because the way we are, if we just, we like flicking everybody. And so it's it's a lot of fun. And, and you start catching those bigger fish, and it's like, then they're like, oh, my God. And then you catch oh, my arms dinosaur. hurt, my arms hurt, yeah. and all this. But it's a lot of fun, but we haven't, I mean, you definitely get into some better fish than we used to. Like we used to catch, we'd go fishing for a day and you'd catch, you know, you'd catch a hundred fish, but it'd be, they'd be all, you know, two footers, nothing to big any size anyway. But now it seems like you get into like just better quality fish, it seems like, but. What's your biggest? Biggest is like 10 footer. Heck yeah. On a, as like a shad like the size well that was with Lichenthalers. Oh, okay. I don't know. So I yeah. we grew up or Mark coached me in baseball and stuff. Oh, okay. Um so we took them one to took our boat, but they kinda took us to a spot where we were catching oversized and we caught that day we caught a six footer, eight footer and a ten footer. Heck and yeah. we were whooped. That's a good Hard. day. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's crazy when you see a fish that big come up to you and you're like, Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Like my dad's got some pretty big hands on him and like he put both hands in that fish's mouth and like tried picking his head up out of the water and it's everything he could do. And he still had like two inches on each, three inches on each side of his hands. Yeah. They're huge. Yeah. They what's get, the, what's get, the fight time we're looking at for that? I think that uh, it kind of depends on the fish, but the one that that big, big fish, I think was like 45 minutes an hour. Wow. Something and like that's that. broken anchor too, probably. Right. Yeah. You're off yeah, anchor. You, yeah, you, yeah. You throw everything over and, yeah, that's usually like break off it. your anchor and you, that fish is towing you down river. Yeah. And that's Dang. like handing it, like handing the rod off a couple times. Because there's cause guys that'll try to fight them on the anchor. Number one, it's not really fair to do the fish because yeah. you don't want to kill one of these big, you know, I don't know how old they are, yeah. seventy year old fish oh, yeah. or something. You know, older. like you don't you don't really want to do that. And so most guys will break their anchor and let it run. But but every once in a while you get a guy. Oh, I I got this. You Those know? oversized definitely you just you let them do what they want. They they tell you where they're gonna go. Yeah, like. I mean, you can't even, a lot of the times you set the hook on them and it's just immediately like your knees are against the side of the boat and like Dang. holding on to this rod for everything you have. And it's not like it's just a quick little run. It's like yeah. you can't move them. Did you do any but, uh, springer fishing on the Columbia or anything here recently? So they just shut it down. I, I've so. never, I've never really got into the springer fishing. 
it seems like when we go up there, we're always the guys that are anchored in the sturgeon hole catching sturgeon, <laughs> and all the guys are like trolling by us, and they're like, "You catch anything?" We're like, "A lot more than you," <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'd rather catch fish than go up there and just troll around. But yeah. it seems like it's been a good year from what I've seen. It seems like a lot of springers were caught, and then they shut it down in the Columbia, so the Willamette. I think they're still catching them. Yeah, but I see these guys that do the plunking thing, and they mm-hmm. it looks kind of fun, and they'll they'll take a kayak to just set their gear, and then they go back to the bank. Yeah. And, yeah. I've never, like I said, we've never really got into the Springer stuff. We'd always go try, and then we'd always have the sturgeon rods in the boat. So we'd go do that for a couple hours, and nothing's going on, then we'll just go sturgeon fishing. But, yeah. but other than that, like we do, we used to do the buoy 10 thing a lot. Um, we used to rent a house for a whole week in there, and we'd go do that for a week and catch a bunch of fish. And then we'd go, besides that, I mean, steelhead, we do a lot of steelhead fishing. We got a guy. One of my dad's like best friends lives over on the North Fork of the LC. So we go over there and hang out, play cards, catch fish, and try to catch fish, I guess. Yeah. Cast. It's a good place to yeah. try to catch one. So we do that. And then uh, my cousin, he's he's pretty big into it. So we go and we float the sluts a lot. And sluts is a good river, too. Do you, um, do you do any high lake fishing or anything? Mm-mm. I've never really gotten into that. I've never really, I've just never done it. No one, I've never, we've just never. Never been big trout people. I've never really done it either, but I've always kind of wanted to. Yeah. You know, I've always, I've tried a couple times. Like I wanted to do the wiki up kokanee because they're pretty big and that's a good eating fish. And, I, get, oh, I, I guess I could take yeah. that back. I've done Odell. Yeah. Like Odell and stuff like that. But we used to go to Clear Lake as a kid, but like as far as like just going up, going trout fishing, I haven't done for years. Well, there's guys that catch these monster bulls and monster browns mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. like. Wiki up's cool. Like it's got a lot of, a lot of cool stuff in it. Especially being like, there's good bass in it too. Yeah. And this is like the first year in a while where we actually have water in a lot of the lakes. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been so, you know, down with the lack of snow melt. Oh, yeah. And now they're actually full, I think. A lot of them are close mm-hmm. to it. So, yeah, it was crazy how fast, like, even Green Peter came up. Like, it was low, low, low. And then all of a sudden it was like, holy cow, like, it's full. Yeah. We went from winter to summer overnight. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what yep. messed with the fish a lot. It's like everything like you're saying, everything's late. Fish was just, they're finally, finally starting to go off up there. So it's good to see. Yeah, heck yeah. But. Well, what, what questions you got? I think I got them all out. Got them out? Yeah. Johnny? Are, are you getting excited for this bachelor party we got coming up? I know, you guys keep calling it a bachelor party, but. It's I mean, a bachelor party, man. It's basically just like a normal camping trip that we go on. That's true, but that's what we did for my brothers too. It turns out good. Yeah, yeah, it's but a great it's time. we're so, celebrating you. Yeah, it's all about you, John. Yeah, the older I get, the less people I know that are getting married. That's so true. you know, any opportunity. It's not only for you; it's for him. Yeah, it's what, that's <laughs> what I get. <laughs> you guys. Here's what's nice about it: is when you tell anybody, "Oh, yeah, it's a bachelor party." You know, I got he's getting married. I, Nobody fights you on that. Yeah. There's no fight. You yeah. don't know how to convince anybody when it's a yeah. bachelor party. Yeah. Now I regret not inviting you to mine. I know. Why didn't you? I didn't know if you could handle Vegas for five minutes. <laughs> that's, that's true. I probably couldn't yeah. have. I remember when you were going on that trip. Yeah. I didn't get invited either. So. I know. That was my bad. Yeah. It was 115 degrees, so I don't know yeah. if that's... That sounds hot. 100 at night. So It was a grind of a trip for sure. Ours shouldn't be that bad, though. No, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. There's gonna be some hot weather, I'm sure, but that's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a blast. We already Sam and I got it planned. We got it done. Is that coming up? 
It's yeah, coming uh, up. Father's Day weekend. weekend. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully you can still have a campfire somewhere too. Yeah, that I would be nice. Yeah. yeah. That always makes it like that's the hardest part about archery hunting. Oh, it's yeah. like you can't come back to camp and you're like, yeah, you we'll go to bed out in the dark. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. You put, put a, a flashlight. Yeah, yeah. Put a lantern in the middle of the fire ring. You're like, cool. Yeah, that's what we've done. We just put, oh, yeah. Let's all stand around the flashlight. Yeah. yeah. It's way more fun. We have a wall tent. It's snowing. And, and yeah, we're going to take fire. this stuff with us, aren't we? We're yeah. We try the, to. The plan is to try to take this stuff with us. And we'll. Uh, bachelor trip podcast. Yeah. I'm sure that's yeah. going to go it's good. A, a daily. Uh, <laughs> it may never see the airwaves. But you'll yeah, have but, it. We'll yeah, have but, it for good yeah. laughs and memories. Can we play it at the wedding? Yes. <laughs> definitely. That, that is a must. Your, your bride to be has already requested it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so great. she's already phoned that in. Yeah, we'll get and up she, right before the ceremony. Sam and I will grab the microphone. Really? We put something really special together for these two lovely people. Yeah, we'll just hit play and let it go for just, however long we have. No, just no speech, just a video. Yeah, <laughs> there could be a lot of talk about mayonnaise and chili That's dogs, warp and, and socks. Yeah, yeah. That's what, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> it could be anything. That'll be anything. Yeah, and we're going to try to take it on a, our on our hunt trips too. That's the plan. Moving forward. Do daily recap. Take this show on the road. Try it. Yeah. Why not? Might hear a generator in the background. I mean, I feel like this equipment's made to be in the dust. You know, it's just money, right? Built for it. Yeah. It's not even that much stuff. If you look at it, really not. A lot of cords. Yeah, that's it. We'll figure out how to plug it all back in. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Dan? Yeah. Hey, Dan, is there any way you could... Uh, I know it's 6 a.m. at home, but... Yeah, in, but we're in Burns. Is there any way you could make it out here? Could you hustle on over here? We just had to come back to town. Just go, but, set, up a, just go set up a table at the Pine Room over there. You'll be fine. Yeah. Wendy will keep it nice and warm for you. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys for being here. Austin, yeah. it was nice having you on the program. Yeah. You, uh, you brought a lot of life to the room you know you had some insights none of us have duck hunted so you were the yeah. you were the expert oh, in duck hunting. Expert. Yeah, you are the expert so next time you come we expect some notes yeah um, yeah. or we just so. go out and then we'll talk about it we'll go a duck hunt next there, year and then we'll, we'll have something to talk let's about let's do that I, I'm yeah, totally up to for that yeah do some like recap yeah yeah let's do some trips or something cool. that'll be fun I don't think I'm drawing any cool tags so nothing exciting there to talk about yeah. yeah. Well, we wouldn't name names if we did draw yeah. tags. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Uh, see you guys later. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. Bye.